There are some times when you're going through the Bible and you read a passage and you go, wow, that passage is just awesome. There's so much there. And uh, last week, as we were working our way through the book of Romans, we were looking at uh, the passages of uh, Romans 3, chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. And they're so good, we decided we're going to do them again this week. And I, I promise you, it's going to sound like a completely different sermon because it's going to be a completely different sermon. There's so much in these verses that it's difficult to pull all of it out, even in two sermons, but I, 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 I'm going to hold myself to just doing it twice. Okay, but we're, what, what I want to do is take a look at Romans uh, chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. It's in, on page 806 if you grabbed one of the Bibles in the chairs. And as you're finding that, let me just remind you where we're at in the book of Romans, right? Because we're three chapters in now, and so uh, let me set it up by, by giving you three things that have happened so far in the book of Romans, that Paul is laying out this argument and explaining things to the church at Rome so that they'll have some idea of what's going on. The first thing that he uh, puts before them is that the wrath of God has been revealed through God's creation, through His Scriptures, and through our consciences. So that we know what's right and wrong and that God hates evil. We saw that at the end of chapter 1. That God's wrath is revealed and we know about it. Right? We, we just see in the way that creation is ordered. We see it in His Scriptures and we know it within ourselves that God hates sin because we want things to be right and wrong and we don't like it. Right? And, and so we just, we just know this is who God is, that He hates sin. Point two, though we know what we ought to do, and explicitly from, both explicitly and from implicitly, oh, let me try again. <laughs> though we know what we ought to do explicitly from the scriptures and implicitly from within ourselves, we don't do what we know we're supposed to do. So we, we know what we're supposed to do. We see it in the Scriptures and we just know it, right? Our conscience tells us, oh yeah, that's not a good idea. And then we go ahead and do it. So if you take those two things, right? The first, that God's wrath is revealed from heaven and we know God hates sin. And second, we know what we ought to do and we don't do it. And then the third thing is that there is no one that is righteous. Because no one is justified by the works of the law. So if you're looking at chapters 1, 2, and 3 of the, the book of Romans, that's what you're going to see is that the wrath of God is revealed against sin. We know who He is. We know that He hates sin. We know what we're supposed to be doing, but we don't do it. And in fact, no one does. Because when we see the law, it doesn't really help us to obey the law completely. It just highlights for us that there isn't anyone who is righteous. No one is justified by their work. And so, having all of that set up, now, now we can look at Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 21. Where it says, but now... The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, 
although the law and prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Paul says, now we're revealing, what's happening is God is revealing to us, apart from the Scriptures, His righteousness, right? His wrath had been revealed, we'd seen that, now we're seeing His righteousness. And that righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And so what does that look like? That's now, that's now what we're looking at this week. Because it says, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's no one righteous, not even one. Nobody does exactly what they're supposed to do. In in Romans uh, chapter 1 at the beginning, Uh, Starting in verse 28, it says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And we read that list and they go, wait, I don't do all of those things. We read this list and go, man, there's stuff on that list that that's me. That's me. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we're not talking about, I I said this last week, this is, I'll borrow one thing from last week, just because. (laughs) We'll repeat it, just so we don't forget. We're, We're not talking about here that we don't measure up to God's glory like God is so glorious and we're just not quite as glorious as Him. We're talking about God created everything perfectly, exactly the way that it's supposed to be, and we aren't the way that we're supposed to be. It's not that we're not as glorious as God because we're not as good as God is. It's that we're not doing what we should be doing. Right? It it said that, um, though, this was chapter 1, verse 32, though they know God's righteous decrees, and that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. They, they know these things. I'm, I know I'm not supposed to do it. I just do it anyway. And it's because they, they see God and recognize that He is God, but don't acknowledge Him as God. Do you understand that difference? They, they know Him, they just don't acknowledge it. I think this happens all the time for us. Sometimes we mean to do it and sometimes we don't mean to do it. That is, sometimes we do it intentionally and sometimes we do it incidentally. That we know who God is, but we don't act as though God is who He is. We don't acknowledge Him. We don't praise Him or thank Him or give Him glory for the things that He has done. 
We, 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 we recognize, oh yes, God is good and perfect and provides all of our needs. He provides everything that we have. Everything that's good comes from Him. I understand that. And yet we don't acknowledge it all the time. We don't thank Him for it. We aren't grateful for it. We don't give Him the glory that He's due when we're talking to other people. We pretend like it was us. So somebody congratulate. Oh yeah, man, that's just you did really well there. That's very. Oh yes, I did do very well there, didn't I? I ha- I mean I, I'd like to be humble, but I have to agree with you that I just really did a fantastic job. I was very helpful, very kind, very considerate. Forgetting to acknowledge God and His graciousness to us. Somebody comes to our house. Wow, you have a beautiful home. Thank you. God has been very gracious to us. That was very generous of you. Really, all of my things are God's and I'm just sharing them with you because He provides for more than what I need. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We do not acknowledge Him in our minds and in our actions and in our words that He is God. And give Him the glory and the credit that's due to Him. So that at the beginning of Romans chapter 3 and verse 9 it says, What then? Are the Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. These are the the things that happen, the things that, that come out of us when we are not recognizing and acknowledging and giving God the glory that He's due. These are the things that happen. We, we use our words poorly. We act poorly. We walk in the wrong pla- paths, the wrong places. We do the wrong things. And so what do we do about that, right? I think that most of us recognize this problem We've seen these things as we've gone through the book of Romans that God's wrath is revealed against sin. We know God hates sin. He's angry with sin. We're angry with sin. We appreciate that about Him. Because when we see people that do stuff that that's not right, we get mad. You see the way that those people treat those kids? That's not okay. And this anger rises up within us because we want justice. We want that taken care of. We don't want to see those things anymore. And that's just a little thing, really. And so we understand that God, in His glory, sees all of the sin 
that's in us and in the people around us, and he hates it. And so what do we do about that? Because it's not like we can just go, okay, here's the law, i got to work harder. Here's the law, if I just start obeying now, maybe God won't be angry anymore. Maybe if I do the right thing right now, that will fix for all of the things that I didn't do before. Maybe if I not only do right, but I go above and beyond, then God will accept me. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to justify ourselves when we do those things. But here's what it says. Hang on. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. They are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. I want you to know that these couple of verses here, 23, 24, 25, are so packed with content that we we have to just slow way down And just take it bit by bit so that we can see all of the stuff that's in here because there are theologically loaded words in here that as we just read through it, we're missing the whole impact of them. Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says, then how are we justified? Verse 24, and are justified by His grace. Justified. That's a theologically loaded word. What what is that? Justified. Well, I think, you know, of things being justified, and one of the things that I immediately think of, because I, I like writing and papers and stuff, is, is having your paper justified, right? You're, all the lines, they're all lined up. That they should be. Okay, but it's all, it's all lined up. You can have it left justified, you can have it right justified, you can have both sides justified. That looks nice. They get stretched, the letters get stretched out a little bit in the middle, but it looks really nice on the ends. Right? But it's being lined up the way that it's supposed to be. When, when we're talking about being justified, we're being, it, it's being shown to be correct. Right? So if I'm, if I'm being justified, this is one of the examples that I've thought of. There, there are times when I'm doing the right thing and somebody thinks I'm doing the wrong thing. Why did you do it that way? My kids, all the time, think that I'm doing it the wrong way. I'm the dad. I'm probably doing it the right way. Dad, you can't do it that way. Yes, 
Yes, I can. And if I have to stop to explain it to you, it's going to take a long, a lot longer. So just believe me, I'm doing it right. No, Dad, you're not doing it right. It's not going to work if you do it that way. Yes, son, it is. And you asked me for help because you couldn't figure it out. So why don't you just let me do it so that we can be done and I can work on something else? No, Dad, that's not going to work. I already tried it that Let me show you. Here's the instructions. See how it says, do this, then do that, then do this, step three? Oh, justified in the eyes of my son. Shown to be correct. Shown to be right. And what this is saying is that we aren't justified by the works of the law. We're justified by God's grace. We're justified by God's grace. It's His gift to us. Not by something that we do. One of the ways that you know that you don't fully grab this, right? This isn't fully something that you own and hang on to on a daily basis. Is if you're trying to justify yourself to other people. That's really bothering you. That they don't think you're right. They don't think you did it right. They don't think you're correct. If that's really bothering you, then you're not really hanging on to this. Because we're not justified by works. Right? Sometimes it's in the eyes of my son. Sometimes it's in the eyes of other people. Sometimes it's in the eyes of people in the church. And I just know, they don't think I did that right. He doesn't think I did that right. Or she doesn't think I did that right. I said the wrong thing at the wrong time. They don't think I used my time well. They don't think I used my resources well. They don't think I handled that situation the way I ought to have. And I can justify myself in my own mind and work it out. Tell myself, yeah, I did it. I did it right. Didn't I? One plus one is two. Yeah, I did it right. Or I can go to them and I can try and show them, no, look. Look, this is why I did it this way. Because I don't want, to, want them to have that bad opinion of me. That bad view of me. That thought that I did it wrong. There have been times in ministry that I have so struggled because doing the right thing is so hard. And it's so hard to do it when it's not appreciated. When people don't recognize it. But it's almost unbearable when you have sacrificed and done all that you could and somebody has a negative opinion of you because they think that you did it wrong or that you didn't try hard enough 
or they don't understand, or they don't see the whole picture, or they don't know about this other piece over here. And I just want to go and I want to go, no, I did it! Don't you know what it cost me to do it right? I want to go and I want to justify myself. And I know you've been in that same situation where you've, you've worked really hard to do it right and then you go, what's the point? Why do I bother trying to do it right if they're just going to think that of me anyway? I might as well have taken the lazy way out. I might as well have taken the easy way out. And when we find ourselves in that place where we're trying to justify in our own minds what we've done, or we're looking at the pressure of the opinions of other people, and we're going, I just want them to know and understand, then we're not fully hanging on to this, because this says that we are justified not by our works or our words or our actions, but we are justified by the grace that comes from God. It's a gift that comes from Him. We're really and truly not justified by our works. I know that's hard to understand. Because in most contexts, the way that you are justified to somebody else is by your work. Whether or not you did it right. Your boss comes in, they don't care about grace. Did you do it right? But when we're talking about in the eyes of God, there is no way we could have met the standard of doing it right. We are justified by His grace. And He's the only one that matters. Which means that when we're really trying to do things right, to honor Him, to glorify Him, because we say, this is what God has told us to do, so we're honoring our parents even though it's hard. So we're loving that person even though they're difficult and they rub us the wrong way. We are justified in God's sight. Not by the works, but by His love. And so even though they hold those criticisms against us, they hold those judgments against us, we are justified by God's grace. Which gives us a whole new freedom to love. A whole new freedom to do what's right. A whole new freedom to be generous and compassionate and loving and caring and supportive. Because we've been justified by grace. God said, here's my gift to you. You've been justified. What do you mean I've been justified? I didn't actually do it right that time. You know the guilt that weighs on you when you didn't do it right? When those accusations and criticisms are right? Yeah, I didn't say the right thing. I said the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing at the wrong time with the wrong tone. I screwed it up. This relationship may never be repaired again, and it's because of me. There's no self-justification here. There's only condemnation. 
And God says, I have given you my grace. You are justified. Shown to be right or correct, not because you actually were, but because that is how I have made you to be. Lined up with my glory and the way that I have created you. It doesn't even compute or make sense because that's not the way things work. And yet, God gives us justification as a gift. And we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How is it possible that we can be justified by grace, that He can just hand that out? Here's some justification for you. Here's some justification for you. Here's some justification for you. You're all justified. How can He do that? It's through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are redeemed. So if justification is being shown to be made right. Being redeemed is, is being bought back. So if you think about it in terms of um, like a pawn shop. Right? You go in, you turn in your stuff and you get some money or something for it. And then you go back and you redeem that item and take it back again. You couldn't have that thing before because it was in the shop. But now you are redeeming it back. You're, you're paying for it. You're buying it back. Or, or um, in the context of the Old Testament, you have had slavery. That they were redeemed. Right? They, God redeemed His people from out of Egypt. They were in slavery there. He redeemed them. He bought them back out. He took them out. No longer are they under the control of that thing that, that held them in slavery before. He's redeemed them. And so for us, when we're thinking about this in, in terms of being bought back, we're thinking that we're, we're no longer under control, we're no longer under the slavery of sin. It no longer has a hold on us like it used to. It no longer controls us. Those things that were in our minds that this is how it was and we had to do it this way, we've been redeemed from that. We've been bought back. Set free. Which means that while we were in it and we were admired and, and just stuck. You know those cycles where you, you, you just feel like you're, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Because you sin and then you recognize the sin and you just beat yourself up over it and then you sin again and you just get into this spiral and you don't want to talk to God about it because you know I knew better it's not my first go round with this sin I know better than that I mean, if it had been my first time, then I'd want to talk with God about it. 
and go, God, hey, save me from this. Help me from this. Forgive me for this. I made a mistake. But this time, this time, I I went in willingly, knowingly. I've been around this bush before. Why would he forgive me this time? Because he's justified you by his grace and he's redeemed you. He's redeemed you from that thing. It no longer has the hold on you. He's pulling you out of the cycle. He's freeing you from it. Just because he loves you and he gives his grace to you. We are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. Well, how did he buy us back? If we've been redeemed from that, if we've been taken out of that sin and brought into something else, if we've been taken out of a kingdom of darkness and put into a kingdom of light, how did he do that? It was by the propitiation by the blood of Jesus. That is to say, that while God's wrath had been revealed against sin, and we know how angry and frustrated and mad He is about that, right? His wrath is revealed against sin, and Jesus is the propitiation. He, he is the appeasement of that wrath. The sacrifice that appeases the wrath of God. And I have been trying and trying to think of an example or an illustration that helps us with this. And all of the ones that I can think of are just totally inadequate. One of the things that I thought of that's completely inadequate, but I'll use it anyway because it's all I've got. is my child who has a toy. It's their toy. They like the toy. They saved up their money and they bought this toy. They saved for it. That's how you know it's a really good one and very important. Because they saved for it and waited, didn't spend their money because they were going to buy this one. Saved up the money, bought that toy and it's their toy. Now, I have more than one kid. And sometimes a second kid comes and plays with that toy. Sometimes they ask. Sometimes they don't ask. Normally, it's okay. It sorts itself out. Occasionally, things get broken. Now, when one of my children has saved up their money for a long time and has identified this thing that is very important to them and has purchased that toy and now it is theirs and another child comes in and plays with that toy and breaks it, there is wrath. The child whose toy it was is angry, furious. That's my toy. You didn't ask me if you could play with it? You just took it? You didn't use it correctly, even though I told you this is how you're supposed to do it? 
And now it is broken and the thing that it was, was supposed to be for my appreciation and my enjoyment that I have purchased for myself is no longer available to me. That's my kids at their most eloquent. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't come out quite that smoothly. There's just weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that kid wants blood. What is going to be the propitiation of that sin? Well, you could break one of their toys. You could hit them. You could pound on them. You could somehow express your wrath on them. But what if dad steps in instead? And you can express your wrath to dad instead of the other kid. I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to uh, excuse it. I'm just going to let you express your wrath to dad. Jesus steps in. And the wrath of God is expressed on Jesus. He receives the full thing. Do you ever feel like you deserve what you got? Something negative happens to you and you go, I deserved that because of this thing I did. The wrath of God has already been expressed on Jesus. Do you ever feel like you don't deserve the good that you get? Oh man, if God knew what I had done, there's no way He would put up with me. I've talked with people before and they go, man, God, God can't accept me. Why can't God accept you? Because of all that I have done. God can accept you. No, but Travis, you don't know. You don't understand the full scope of all that I have done with my life. What I have done to people. What I have done to God. What I have said. You don't know the whole totality of all of that. And all I can say is I don't have to. Because God has expressed His wrath about all of that on His Son in your place. He loved you so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross. So that the wrath of God might be revealed and the righteousness of God might be revealed. So that God is demonstrated to be both just and the justifier. By putting Jesus forward as the sacrifice. He's the atonement. He's the redeemer. He's the justifier. He's the propitiation through the sacrifice, through His blood. 
That's how you know somebody loves you, right? They shed their blood for you. Jesus shed His blood for you. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. All of this is available to us when we receive it by faith. Do we get the impact of it if we don't receive it by faith? Nope. And it's all the time. Every day. There is this initial acceptance that transfers us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And that's what most of us think of when we think of faith. When we think of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus redeeming us, we think of that one-time thing. There was a one-time transaction in which I said, yes, I believe. Jesus died. He rose again from the dead. My sins are forgiven. I am transferred from darkness into light. I am now a child of God. I have been adopted by Him. But the reality is that then we continue throughout our life following this. Clinging to this by faith so that day by day we are justified not by other people's opinions or whether or not we can make it work in our minds that we did the right thing, but solely by the justification that comes as a free gift from God. We are redeemed not by works of the law, but by the grace of God. We don't receive the wrath of God, nor are we applauded by God because of things that we have done, but we recognize that all of that happened through Jesus, the propitiation of our sins. All of that we receive by faith day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, circumstance by circumstance. When we find ourselves in any of these situations, we go, Jesus has changed this. Jesus has changed this. This sin no longer has a hold on me. Jesus has changed this. What their opinion of me is doesn't matter because I have been justified before God. Jesus has changed this. Though there's adversity against me, though I don't like my circumstances, this is not God expressing His wrath to me. Because He has already expressed His wrath to Jesus. This is God showing His love to me by sustaining me through whatever may come. It completely transforms everything. And the reason that He does this is to show His righteousness. Second half of verse 25. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Sometimes still I'm trying to justify myself before God. I'll give you an easy example. Whether or not I do devotions in the morning. Did I wake up this morning and do the Bible reading that I was supposed to? Could I check the box off on my Bible reading plan? I really need to pick shorter reading plans so that I can check that box a little bit more easily. 
Or maybe I need to pick longer reading plans because these short ones just shouldn't count. And I find myself trying to justify myself, my own spirituality before God, by whether or not I can check off the box of read enough Bible today. And here's what we see. God has shown Himself to be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Why am I reading? Because every day I have to remind myself about how great God is. Every day I want to see and understand His glory more fully. So that I can appreciate it and worship Him. So that I can reflect it. So that I can express it to others. Every day I want to do that. Does it matter how much or how little I read? Nope. My heart wants to know God. My heart wants to tell others about Him. My heart wants to appreciate Him. And so sometimes I read one verse and wow! What a verse! What a verse! And are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's enough for today. There are other times that I'm reading and I can't stop. You're just reading along and going, oh, this gets, this gets better and better. Sure, there are days when it's hard. You pull it up and you go, oh, I do not feel like reading today. And we have to pray, God, would you, would you show me your love through your word today? Because we're not justified by the works. But have received it as a gift by faith. And when we have that faith, it draws us in. So that we want to read and we want to know more. So that we want to pray and tell Him. These are the cares that I have. These are the difficulties that I'm having. This is a person that I really want to show how much you love them to them. And I just don't know how. Would you manifest your grace to them? Lord, there's somebody that's really struggling. Would you help them? And we come because it's out of love and out of faith. And some of those things are tangible things that we can hang on to and grab on to, but we're not trying to check off a box as though we're trying to justify ourselves. We're just doing it because this is who God is and He's so awesome. And so I want to encourage you this week. Go back through this passage. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Recognize the ways in which you have fallen short of the glory of God and repent. And are justified by His grace as a gift. Think about the ways in which you're trying to justify yourself and accept His justification as a gift. That's harder than it sounds. Because there's pride in us. We want, to, we want to do it ourselves. But identify the things in which we want to justify ourselves and then accept His justification as a gift. 
except his redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And praise him for being the propitiation by his blood. This week, if you wake up each morning, just read through these three verses and do those couple of things. I think your appreciation and your love for God will grow this week. And that's what I want for you each and every week. Is that your love and appreciation for God grows. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that you have revealed yourself, you have manifested your righteousness to us through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we recognize that we are sinful and fall short of your glory. And so we ask, would you this week reveal to us our sin that we might repent of it? Father, I pray that it wouldn't be painful. I pray that we would be quick rather than slow to acknowledge our sin before you. Because you have already justified us. Father, I pray that we wouldn't play the mind games this week of trying to justify ourselves or beat ourselves up for uh, not doing what was right, but that we would be justified by you. And I pray for hearts of worship beginning right now. That because of your love for us, we might have faith and cling to that above all else. And that it would cause us to worship you and give you praise. To acknowledge how great and glorious you are, how loving and how compassionate. And so we lift our voices and praises to you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.